us right from day one. Thank you, Pastor Tim. It's always an honor to be here. It's always a joy to speak on behalf of God. So I just, I thank him. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. And I just, once again, submit to you, submit to the Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this word. Have your way in, the, in our people. Have your way in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Just a quick uh, announcement. Tomorrow night um, at Life Christian Church, we're going to be having a healing, worship and healing service. So instead of the, t- the teaching that I usually do on Wednesdays, come for a healing service. It's going to be awesome. There is a, a guest speaker, Leonard Gardner. He was, uh, he's the retired pastor of Zion Church. So come on out, Life Christian Church, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Um, tomorrow night. Yes, tomorrow night. We're also doing the same service on Thursday night in New Baltimore. So if that's closer to home, you might want to come on Thursday night to the New Baltimore Life Christian Church. If you need directions, my husband hopefully can give those to you because I can't. He always drives me there. (laughs) Um, Tomorrow night at Life Christian in Troy, Thursday night at Life Christian in New Baltimore. Um, It's at 16 Mile, just north of Rochester Road. Yes. I'm sorry. Thank you, Jerry. It's on Rochester Road, just north of 16 Mile. I got my crossroads crossed. (laughs) Thank you. Jesus heals, right? When I was saved, the day that I received my salvation, my friend told me a truth that changed my life. She told me that Jesus paid the price for my healing, along with paying the price for the forgiveness of my sins and for my eternal life. That day, I didn't know that. When I came to her with stage 4 cancer, with a diagnosis where the doctor said I had 6 to 9 months to live, I didn't know that Jesus paid the price for my healing. I didn't know that the stripes of Jesus paid for my healing. Oh, thank God I know now. Thank God that truth was revealed to me. Jesus did his part. God completed the work. When Jesus was on the cross and he said, It is finished. It was finished. There's no more work to do. Our part is what I'm going to talk about tonight. Our part is positioning ourselves to receive that healing that's already been provided through the blood of Christ. So the paper that I had my husband pass out to you is a little chart. It's really simple. It's black and white. It's on one side. It says, position yourself to be healed. The other side says, position yourself to be deceived. I would like to start with a scripture that is already on on your little paper. It's James 1, verse 16 and 17. It talks about this deception. It says, in in the Bible, it says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. This was being written to the Christians. This was being written to the people who knew of Jesus Christ, knew of the precious gift that he had provided. And the Bible says, don't be deceived. And then it goes on and it says, every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Those gifts are completed. God has... Every good, every good, every perfect gift 
available for us, and that includes healing. Healing of multiple sclerosis, healing of brain cancer, healing of diabetes, healing of, of anxiety or stress or whatever it is that you're dealing with. That's every good and perfect gift that's available for us. But we are not to be deceived, and this is what God gave me in a dream this week, about that whole thing about being deceived. And I hope I can explain it. I could in my dream, <laughs> but I hope I can explain it here. It has to do with God, what God was having me speak about in my dream was about the default. Now, how many of you use computers? If you use computers, okay. Computers are set up, the operating system, there's a default. And when you turn your computer on, it has this default system, and that's how it works, unless you change the default. Today I was at work and I had a really big issue. I couldn't get my printer to print. I had that printer set as the default, so it should have worked, but it didn't. I have to figure that out tomorrow. But computers have a default, and everything goes to that default unless you change it. I do a lot of work on Microsoft Word, and I fight with that default all the time. It never puts the bullets where I want them. You know, I always have to move them because the default is set, and I don't know how to change it. But I really work my way around it to get it to look the way I want when I'm formatting things. Well, what God showed me is that the default of this world that we live in is the deception. Satan is the god of this world. I'm going to give you two scripture references that I'm not going to read, but you might want to write down because, boy, when I first read this, when I was learning about, about, about things of, of God, it just shocked me. One of the scripture references is 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. It talks about Satan being the god of this world. And then the second one is Ephesians 2, verse 2. It talks about the prince of the power of the air. And it talks about the fact in that particular scripture that that's who we were under before we were saved. We were under the power of the prince of the air. Once we're saved, we have authority over that enemy. Thank God. We have authority. But that's the default of the world. And as I talk tonight about this little chart, how to receive, how to position yourself to receive or be deceived, you're going to see that if you just, just skim down this right side, the deception side, just skim those little comments, that's the world. That's the default that we live in. That's what we see out in the world all the time. We see people magnifying the problem and talking about the issues that they're going through all the time. We see people meditating on the enemy's lies. That's worrying. We see people speaking words of death, receiving the doctor's report, hook, line, and sinker. I'm not going to read all through them now because I want to talk about each one of them individually. But you get the point. That's what the default is. But just like my computer, I can change that default. I can go in there and I can position myself differently. And when I position myself to receive, that's what happens. Jerry, you did that. You positioned yourself to receive healing. He was healed of bladder cancer within the last couple of months. Praise God. He comes to our, our Wednesday night class. I see people positioning themselves and receiving all the time. So I want to share these with you. And I'm going to go through them quickly. And I'm probably going to combine a few of them because some of them are similar. 
But the point is, when we position ourselves to receive, we can get out of the world's default and get into that position of receiving the gift that God has already planned for us. That good and perfect gift. So the first one, are you magnifying God or are you magnifying the problem? Now, when you have a diagnosis, you got a lot of stuff to think about. The, the point is, are you talking about it? Are you talking about the problem, the symptoms, the treatment plan, the prognosis? Are you talking about it a lot? And who are you talking to it about? Yes, you need to talk about it. You need to make decisions. Yes, you probably need to talk to your spouse about it. You probably need to talk to your doctor about it. But you know what? When you're not feeling well, people care so much about you. They all ask, how are you? They all ask, how are you doing? And they're doing it with a very sincere heart. But telling them all about all the details is magnifying the problem. And as you magnify the problem, it is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it is taking on life. It is taking on the power of your words. In order to position yourself to receive what God has, we need to speak what God has for us and magnify Him instead of the problem. The second and third things I have on here are very similar. Number two is, are you meditating on God's word or the enemy's lies? The enemy's lies are the worries. So all those worries are in your head. Okay, the doctor may have given you a report. And you've got all of the what-ifs in your head. You've got the, okay, what's next? Okay, what about the treatment? Okay, what about the side effects? Okay, what if this and this? I mean, I've been there. I know it. I've lived it. So you've got that stuff in your head. If you're meditating on it, that means you're allowing it to stay there. Did you know we have control over our thinking? The Bible says, take captive those thoughts. And then he tells us what to put in there. We're going to talk about that in a second. So we can control our thinking. So when those thoughts come in and take over... Philippians 4.8, which we already heard from Fran, Philippians 4.8 tells us what to meditate on. I don't know if you have Bibles with you. I have my scriptures written down, so I can just read them, but I'd like to give you the opportunity to open your Bible if you have it. So go ahead and open to Philippians 4.8. This is in the scripture where God is talking about prayer. He's talking about... Um, if you have worries, if you have anxieties, to give them to him in prayer with thanksgiving, and he'll give you peace that passes all understanding. Awesome scripture. I love it. But then it goes right on to tell us another direction. After we pray, after we give it to him, he gives us another direction. He tells us what to meditate on. He tells us what to think about. This is what he says. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. There's two of those things in the list I want to focus on. The first one is what is true. God's word is true. God's word is true. That's why taking the promises of God and meditating on them is so powerful. 
I want to give you an example. There are many healing scriptures in the Bible. And if you need help finding healing scriptures, please ask one of the ministry team. Because this is life-saving. This is medicine. The Bible is medicine. So if you need help finding healing scriptures, please ask us and we'll help you. But I'm just going to take one scripture. This is 1 Peter 2.24. And I don't probably have it memorized exactly, but I'm going to speak it and then I'm going to meditate on it. It says in that scripture that Jesus took my sins into his body on the cross so that I would be dead to sin and alive unto righteousness. By his stripes I was healed. That's pretty much the scripture. It might not be word for word. Now I'm going to meditate on that scripture. Meditate means to take the scripture, to take God's word, to speak it out loud like I just did, but then to think out loud about it. You might want to even talk to God about it. You might want to just say it over to yourself and kind of talk to yourself about it. Let me do that, and then I'll tell you what happens in that process. Okay, Jesus, you told me in the Bible that you took my sin into your body on the cross and then you died with that sin if you took my sin on that cross and died with it that means my sin is dead if you took my sin on that cross and it's destroyed that's why I live in righteousness it's not because I did it it's because you did it for me so I now have righteousness. And God, I've seen it so many times in your word where forgiveness of sin and healing are completely intertwined and they, you can't separate them. And even in the scripture, in the very same sentence, you say that you took my sin on the cross and, and I'm dead to sin and alive unto God and alive unto righteousness. And then, the very, then there's a comma and it says, by your stripes I was healed. So Jesus, when you were on that cross, first of all, you took those stripes on your holy back for me so that I could be healed. And it was in conjunction with forgiveness. You didn't do one and not the other. You did them together. I receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you did. I'm just meditating on the scripture. And as I do that becomes really firmly established in my heart. It's different than just saying the scripture. When you meditate on scripture, it's kind of like teaching somebody. Like if I teach, I know it better. If I teach it to somebody else, you know, and you, do, you say it three or four different ways to help them understand it. The same thing happens to me when I meditate on the scripture. And that's building your faith. Faith is understanding. Faith is knowing in your heart. It's more than head, it's heart. And as you do that, it becomes established in your heart. So are you meditating on the problem and all the worries and talking about that? Or are you meditating on God's word and establishing his word in your heart? Big, powerful way to position yourself to receive. It's awesome. You don't have to be a teacher to do it. You just start talking to yourself. You just start talking to God about that word. And he will open it up for you. Just take one scripture. You don't have to do 50 scriptures. Take one. Take time to talk to God about it. Meditate on it. A scripture about healing. That's the second thing on our list. And the third one is very similar. It has to do with speaking words of life and not death. 
Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. And in the Message Bible, the same scripture says, Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. We've talked a little bit about magnifying God and raising him up, making him bigger than the problem. We've talked about meditating on the word. But we talk in everyday life as well. When we're, not, when we're not talking directly about God or directly about his scriptures, we just talk, right? Like when you go to work, when you're with your family, when you're in the grocery store. So what are your words saying? Are you speaking words of life in everyday life? Or are you speaking of the problem? You want to be speaking words of life. Now, one of the ways that helps me to do that, when people say, how are you? Instead of giving them details, I don't. I give them one simple line, a one-liner. I'm very well. God's taking good care of me. End of story. They don't ask any more questions. It stops them right there. And if I want to give them more, it's all about what's good. It's the testimonies or it's about what God's doing. But I don't, if, there's, if there is stuff going on, I don't go there. Don't claim it. In fact, I think that's another one that we're going to go on. Yeah, number four. Receive God's report of healing and not the doctor's report. Okay, now that's a little, you're saying, hmm, but it's true. What do you mean don't receive it? This is what I mean. The doctor's report is, is true. It's factual. But God's report trumps it. <laughs> God's report supersedes the doctor's report. So we don't deny the doctor's report. But you can deny its right to exist in your body. You don't deny the the report because it's a fact. But you say, "Uh uh-uh, you don't have any right in my body. I'm the temple. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And you don't have any business in my body, so leave. Whatever that disease is, whatever whatever that report is, say, Go. You're not welcome here. This is the temple of God. Disease doesn't have any right here. So don't accept the doctor's report. There's, I'm going to give you a, a recommendation for one word that you, you should change. Don't say my whatever, my cancer, my diabetes, my issue, whatever it is. Just say the or the diagnosis of. You know, I've been given the diagnosis of. I don't receive it. (laughs) Okay, but that's what the doctor says. Another thing that you can say is, I'm fighting. Instead of saying, I have it. Even with something little like a cold. If you're, you know, people say, I'm catching a cold. Oh, yeah, you will too if you say it. You'll catch it really easily. Don't say, I'm catching it. Say, I'm fighting it. Just one little word difference makes a big, huge difference. Instead of receiving it, you're rejecting it. Okay? So don't receive the doctor's report. Pastor Tim has often said, if you say you can live with it, you will. You know, sometimes we say, you know what, that's a little thing. I guess I can live with that. Okay, you will. No, that's not God's best. The scripture says, every good and perfect gift is from above. The other stuff isn't from above. We don't want that. So don't receive it. Okay, number five. 
Is your trust in the healer or in the medicine? Is your trust in the healer, Jesus, or is it in the medicine? Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, there's nothing wrong with medicine. But like Pastor Tim says, put Jesus at the top. Every time you take that medicine, that pill, that supplement, that chemo, whatever it is, radiation, whatever it is, pray over it. Pray over it. You know the results that you're seeking, so pray over it. Oftentimes when I pray for people who are taking chemo, we know that that medicine is a poison, right? But it's supposed to poison the sick cells. But it doesn't always. Sometimes it poisons the good cells too. So when we pray over it, we can pray Mark 16, and I don't know what verse it is, but it's the end of the chapter where God says, believers, you can even take poison and it won't harm you. So I pray that over them and I say, oh no, that poison will not harm anything that's healthy. The only thing it'll kill is the disease cells. In the name of Jesus. And just like when, when in, in the Exodus, at the very beginning, when, when the, the destroyer was sent and they put the blood on the doorpost and the destroyer didn't, wasn't allowed to touch the, the promised or the, the, the people. The, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of. The Israelites, anyway. The, the destroyer couldn't harm them. Same thing with those cancer cells. The blood is over the healthy cells and the destroyer cannot touch the healthy cells. So pray over the medicine like that. Okay? But put Jesus at the top. There's nothing wrong with doctors. God gave us doctors. Pray for the wisdom of the doctors. Pray for the favor from the medical staff. Pray for your, your medical care. Just put it in Jesus' hands. Seek Jesus first. Seek the healer. Seek the healer. Don't put your trust in the medicine on its own. Put your trust in the healer, first and foremost. I'm going through these quickly, but this is all positioning yourself to receive. On one hand, positioning yourself to receive. On the other hand, the default, what the world does. We don't want to be there. We want to be in this position to receive every good and perfect gift from above. Number six, read the Bible. And the default is reading the research. Oh boy, I've been there. How many of you have had some sort of a, you might not even have a diagnosis, you might just have something going on in your body and you go online and start researching. What happens? Oh, you find something. You might even claim something because of what you read. You might have a prescription and you read all those side effects and boy, oh boy, you start looking for them. And if you're looking for them, you might find them. I know this is going against the default. Personally, I don't think it's... I, I, I don't research. Personally, I don't research. I had an issue last year that I thought I needed to learn something about. I asked him to do it for me. <laughs> I literally would not even go by myself because it was in my body and I didn't want to receive it. So I had one little thing I wanted to know. But sometimes when you want to know one little thing, you find out way too much when you start researching. So I asked him to do it for me. I was protecting myself. When I was first diagnosed with cancer, I didn't know better. And I did go on the internet. And it 
completely took my, my guts and just put so much fear in me. It just consumed me. I went, it was like, it was just taking what I already had and multiplying it a hundred times worse because I went and did the research. That's the enemy's trick. I want you to read what I wrote. God's word brings peace and encouragement and God's creative power. Reading research feeds fear and the enemy's destructive power. That's in my notes. It's not on your paper. But that's what happened to me. God's word is peace. God's word is creative power. God's word is alive and active. But when I read research, this is what it did to me. It produced fear. And it, it allowed Satan to get in there and do his thing in me. So, that's the default. I want to do... I want to be in the position to receive. Let me read this scripture. This is Hebrews 4.12. I am in awe. I am in awe so often of how this word comes alive as I read it. And it doesn't do it every time I read it. I mean, I don't read it and have some sort of, uh, you know, Holy Spirit thing every time I read it. But so often... It just speaks to me. And that's because this isn't just black and white on paper. This word is alive. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word that God speaks is alive and full of power. That word power is dunamis. The word dunamis is the root word of dynamite. And this is what the Amplified Bible says. It makes this power, makes it active, operative, energizing and effective it's alive it's sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life the soul and the immortal spirit and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and the purposes of our heart the Word of God is powerful as we read the word, it's going to have that powerful effect upon us. As we read research, it's going to have the destructive effect. So to position yourself to receive, read the Bible. My friend Jenny, when the day I was saved, she said, Cindy, read your Bible every day. I had never, ever read the Bible until that day. I had a stage four diagnosis. I started reading the Bible. Oh, my gosh. What a precious gift that was for her to tell me that. It changed my life. It changed my life. Number seven. Number seven. The default. The default. Positioning to be deceived. If we, and this is, this is a common mistake, and I've made it. And, I, and Pastor Tim is the one that highlighted this for me and really helped me to see this. If you're focusing on your degree of faith as the answer to your healing, if you're saying, okay, if only I have enough faith, if only I can muster up the faith, then I'll receive my healing. I can't have any doubts in there because then I'm not in faith. So I have to, I have to confess scriptures a lot because I have to build my faith. I need faith in order to be healed. If that's what you're doing, then you're looking at the wrong person because it has nothing to do with you. Your focus is on the healer. Because he already did it. That's how, we, that's how I started this, this message. It's been done. We don't need to do it. 
So when we focus, our focus should be on Jesus and the finished work of the cross. If you want to put your focus on something, instead of saying, God, am I doing enough? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? Turn your focus, because this is what happens. When you focus on Jesus and the finished work of the cross, your faith rises. And that is what you were trying to do in the first place by saying, do I have enough faith? When you focus on Jesus and the finished work of the cross and you see what he did and you know him personally, when you have a relationship with him, you will trust him. You will be open to receive from him and you will receive. You're positioned to receive. So when you find yourself doing that, and I've been there, when you find yourself doing that, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I am. You might want to do communion in your own home. Get out the alimus, get out the bread, get out the, the, the wine or the grape juice. Get it out. Meditate on the finished work, the cross, the blood of Jesus, the body of Christ. Receive. It's already been completed. Receive it. Number eight is right in line with that, that piece, and that is Focus on the healer. Focus on Jesus. In Hebrews 12.2, it says to look away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief, and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross despising and ignoring the shame and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He wrote the book. Author isn't a very good author if they don't finish the book. (laughs) He did. He authored our faith and he completed it. Our part is to look to the author, to let him write that book in our lives, to give it to him. To keep looking away from what will distract to him. My pastor says it like this. And I, I just love to share this because it's so powerful. She said most people, even Christians, most people, when they're in the middle of a battle, they've got, if you have a battle, it's a big deal in your life. It is a very all-consuming thing. If you have a really bad diagnosis, it consumes your time, your thoughts, your energy, your body. It's all-consuming. So if you have that, you're, you're focused on it. You're consumed with it. And even if you're a Christian, that's what you do. And then you occasionally pray. You turn to God. You glance at God. You glance at God. Okay? But Pastor Marie says, we need to do the opposite. We need to keep our focus on Jesus constantly, as much as we possibly can. Keep our focus on him. Keep our eyes on him. And look away from all that stuff that's consuming you. Look away from that stuff that distracts you. Keep your focus on Jesus. And then every now and then, glance at the problem. See if it's still there. But keep your focus on Jesus. I want to use the example of a friend who is in our group, and her name's Yvonne. She was here last week. She's the little Polish girl with a real strong accent. When she was fighting cancer, she's healed now, praise God. She is completely healed. When she was fighting cancer, this is what she did. First of all, she was consumed with the situation. 
She was, she's a stay-at-home mom. Her kids were in school. She was home all day by herself. Her husband was at work. She had a lot of time to think about the problem. And to keep herself from focusing on the problem, she downloaded lots of good teaching. She was careful about what she downloaded, but she downloaded good teaching. Andrew Womack was her favorite teacher, so that's who she downloaded. She said she would listen six to eight hours a day with her iPod. She would still do her, her what she could do, you know, her housework, her cooking, whatever. But as she was doing it, she had those headphones on. She was looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. She was positioning herself to receive. The default is to be consumed with the situation. That's what the world does. That's the default of the world. The enemy of this world certainly doesn't want us healed because if we're healed, we're not glorified. If we're not healed, you know what I'm saying. We can't glorify God if we're sick. He wants us in that pit. That's why it's the default. But look beyond all that will distract to Jesus. I have another scripture I love. This is Matthew 6.33, the scripture that we traditionally say, um, Seek God first, seek, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. But listen to this. This is the message translation. He's had this in my heart all week. Steep your life, steep your life in God reality, God provision, and God initiative. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Steep yourself. Soak yourself. Saturate yourself with God's provision. Every good and perfect gift. Saturate yourself with God initiative. It's not you initiating it. It's God. Steep yourself with God reality. He is more real than that disease. He is more real than that diagnosis. And all your everyday needs will be met. Your body will be healed. You're positioning yourself for healing. When you're steeping yourself in God, you're positioning yourself to receive. The work's already done. You're just in that place to receive it instead of in the world and looking at the problem. Number nine, receive God's power, love, and sound mind, not fear. I could teach forever on fear versus faith, and I'm not going to right now. But that's, in my case, when I've had issues, that's my biggest fight is fear. God says in 2 Timothy 1.7, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He gave us power and love and soundness of mind. Fear is a default. <laughs> fear is deception. False evidence appearing real. It's the enemy's junk. And boy, I don't know about you, but with me, he can get in there and do it real. I mean, that's, that's an area that I really have to stand strong in because the enemy tries to put that fear in me whenever I have anything that's in my body. But God gave me power. Number one, three things. The first thing is power. Holy Spirit power. That's that same dunamis power. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Think about that one for a minute. The same power 
that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Quickens my mortal body. It's within me for me. It's upon me right now as I share with you. He gave me that power. That power way, way, way trumps fear. Way. Big. Secondly, love. God is love. His perfect love casts out all fear. For me, when, I, when fear is attack, attacking me, if I meditate on the love of God, it's all it takes. If I start meditating on his love, and that means I say it, remember meditating is speaking it out loud. So as I start speaking about God's love, the fear washes off of me. It's almost physical. It just leaves me. I just start speaking about God's love for me and receiving his love. His perfect love casts out all fear. The third one is soundness of mind. That comes from the Bible. Soundness of mind from the word of God. Our mind is renewed, made new, transformed. Not conformed to the world, the default, but transformed through the word of God. Jesus is the word made flesh. Did you notice how what God gave to us is the completion of the Trinity, the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the love of the Father, and the Word, Jesus? He gave us everything, everything we need to combat fear. So position yourself to receive. Fear is the opposite of faith. You need faith. Faith positions us to receive and we and we do that with when we get fear out of the way and number 10 receive spiritual support not sympathy sympathy is not good for you hmm that sounds strange i thought sympathy was really nice sympathy is when people take care of you and pamper you and feel sorry for you and mm-mm. you know what's happening with sympathy People are agreeing with the problem. Agreeing with the problem gives the problem power. We want people agreeing with God's word. You need strength, not sympathy. Sympathy is detrimental. We need to be cautious. You, don't need, you shouldn't be giving sympathy. I know that sounds cruel. But it isn't. It's strength. I don't give sympathy. I give strength. I stand in agreement with the word with people. I don't give sympathy. I will love them absolutely. I will pour out compassion absolutely. But I'm not going to um, do a pity thing or I'm sorry for you thing. No. Because God has already conquered that disease. God has already conquered that problem. I'm going to agree with you for God's answer. Okay. Number 11. I already touched on this, so I'm just going to read a couple scriptures. Fill your time with good stuff and not garbage. This is Pastor Tim's line. Whatever you feed on the most will predominate in your life. My friend Yvonne fed on good stuff. If you have a lot of time on your hands because of the, you know, you're at home, maybe not working as you're fighting the, the fight to get better, 
The TV might not be the best resource. Okay? A lot of idle stuff there. Now, there's good stuff on TV. And a couple, uh, last time I shared with you, I gave a list of really good resources. And if, you know, you'd like another copy of it, I can bring it another time that I come. I didn't bring it today. But there's a lot of good resources. But if you just fill your mind with idleness or even worse, negative stuff, it's not going to help you. What are you viewing? What are you reading? What are you feeding yourself? You have time. Fill it with good stuff, not garbage. Listen to this scripture. This is Psalm 119, verse 37. In the, first, I'm going to read it from the New King James. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Now listen to the Amplified. Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity, idols, and idolatry and restore me to vigorous life and health in your ways. We don't need that idle time, that worthless time, in order to turn your eyes away from that and restore my life and my health. And number 12, last one, consistency versus confusion. Psalm 71.1, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. 1 Corinthians 14.33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. Now here's my question. This is the word of God. In the word of God, Jesus healed all who were sick. Jesus is the exact likeness of the Father. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Does the teaching that you're hearing agree with the word of God. Consistency versus confusion. Does the teaching that you're listening to, that you're being fed, does it agree with the word of God? Does the, the stuff that you're reading, the stuff that you're viewing, agree with the word of God? There's power in agreement. God is not a God of confusion, but the enemy is. The default is confusion. Positioning yourself to receive is staying consistent and hearing consistently, being fed consistently, so that you're not confused. It's important to have that consistency. Okay, now I'm going to close with this. This is a nice little chart. It has two sides, black and white. Boy, all of this stuff is really good. All of this stuff is the default. But it's easy to jump back and forth. Okay, uh, I know I'm magnifying God. God, you're good. You're great. You're awesome. But then I got this problem, and I'm going to talk about it to this person because I, I just got to get it off my chest. You know, so I magnify the problem a little bit. You know, I mean, back and forth, I can go back and forth. I could read the research, find all this stuff out. Okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to cover all my bases. I'm going to read the Bible, and I'm going to do my research. I'm going to read the Bible. So you can go back and forth across this easily. You can go back and forth from positioning to receive to be in, in, in deception. I want to read James 1, verse 6 to 8 for you. And then I'm going to give you an encouragement. Because this one's kind of an ouch got to find it. Okay. 
But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. If you jump back and forth, that's what you are. You're you're being double-minded. But this is my encouragement to you. If you look at this chart, a year ago I had a problem in my body. And um, I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of worries. I had a lump in my throat. When I was first diagnosed with cancer, it was in my lymph node system my whole system, including my neck. So when I got this lump in my neck, I had a lot of fear. Now, this is what I I had the fear. It was in my mind. It was trying to get into me, but I was magnifying God. I was meditating on his word. I was speaking only words of life. I was not receiving that doctor's report. I was saying, literally, I would carry my Bible around. i say, God, I have my final report. This is it. I have it. I was meditating on God's report. I was doing this positioning to receive. Yes, I had worries. Worries and stuff in your head, that's from the enemy. That doesn't mean that you're double-minded. If you have little worried thoughts in your head, that doesn't mean you're double-minded. Positioning yourself to receive will will result in receiving. I got a good report. I didn't have cancer in my neck. I am completely, completely healthy and whole. The enemy wanted to steal my healing? No. No, he's the deceiver, but he's been defeated. He's been defeated. Position to yourself to receive. Stay on this left side of the chart. And if you go over in the right side, just say, oh, I'm sorry, God, I messed up. Help me to get back over here on the left side of the chart. Position to be received, to be a receiver. He loves us so much. He meets us exactly where we're at. He just embraces you like a, like a mom or a dad, taking the little one by the hands and leading them and guiding them. Okay, I want to close with prayer. and We did go over, and I apologize for that. But Father, oh, I just thank you with all my heart. I thank you for your love for your power, for your soundness of mind. I thank you for the completed work of the cross. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you that you have provided everything and it is all done. I thank you, Father, that you lead us and you guide us. I thank you that you give us wisdom and direction. I thank you that you give us conviction when we need it. I thank you, Father God, that you help us, that you love us. And most of all, my God, that you have provided every good and perfect gift. We will not be deceived. We choose to receive, mighty God, all that you have provided. Thank you, Father God, that your word has gone forth. I pray, Father, that it takes root in every one of our hearts and provides a harvest of healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Thank you. My precious.